great. So this is Kat Tavis, the Executive Director of the Network of Spiritual Progressives, and this call is um, we're holding calls the fourth Wednesday of every month at 5 o'clock Pacific time for people who either have started a chapter or a group or want to get engaged in action and ideally have listened to or participated in the third call of the month, which answers initial questions about the work that we do and who we are. So I am not going to repeat a lot about who we are. Um, obviously, if you have questions about that or any other questions, feel free to ask those. Um, there's only a few of us on the call, so I'm not going to mute everyone. If it gets too loud, I will then um, mute you all, but you can jump in with questions. My intention for these calls, um, particularly as we get more folks on them who are actually engaged in um, chapter work or project work or even action work, is to hear from one another what you're doing, what the challenges are, and um, and what the successes are. And also to do some skill building around different topics. For example, if, if one of the topics is how do we talk about the Environmental and Social Responsibility Amendment in a way that's accessible, how do we answer objections to it, um, how do we respond to people in an empathic way so that there's greater connection and trust built in in putting forth our ideas, but also in building community and connection. So those are some of the intentions of the call. It's really my intention that people will come to this call with questions and ideas and feedback. So um, before I go further, are there any questions that any of you have right now? And then I'm going to jump into kind of a little bit about how I imagine one might get started in creating a chapter. A lot of this is in the starter guide, but I'm going to pull out some key things. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but I'm going to pull out some key things and get some feedback and go from there. But before I do that, um, are there any questions? Uh, no. No? Okay. And feel free also at any time, if you don't want to jump in, and if you're worrying that you're interrupting me and you don't want to jump in or you're trying to interrupt me and I'm for some reason not hearing you, you can push five star on your phone, and it'll show me uh, that you have a question on my little computer screen here. So um, you can also raise your hand, quote unquote, that way. <coughs> so um, my our idea is that we'll have people around the country, and we have had this in the past, having. Um, a group of small, a small group of people, anywhere from, you know, three to ten people, it can grow from there, that are committed to and believe in um, the both the values of the Network of Spiritual Progressives and some of the programs and policies that we're attempting to put forward. And as I said on the call last week, one of the things that makes us unique is our efforts to create systemic lasting change, which is different than focusing on a particular issue. And so um, it's, I think it's just important for us to keep reminding ourselves that our work is grounded in transforming systems so that a lot of the issues that a lot of, a lot of people work on, a lot of us work on, will become um, either more easily transformed or transformed just by the nature of changing the systems in the first place. Um, so our, one of our ideas or goals is to have a network of spiritual progressives be a connecting point for all the social change organizations and to help them 
see that promoting a new bottom line of love and kindness and generosity and environmental sustainability and justice and peace, by talking about those values, they'll be connected with each other and be more successful in their efforts and also more will feel more sustained in their energies. So to start a group, there's different ways that someone could start a chapter. You could choose to focus on a particular area, um, and I'll talk about those in a couple minutes. Or you can cho- choose to um, just start with an action. And this second piece that I'm talking about right now, starting with an action, actually is not in the starter guide because it's something that I've um, thought about more recently. So I'm going to talk about that first. Um, so my idea of starting an action is um, there are climate marches going on around, at least in California, and I think around the country on February 7th. And so my idea of starting an action is simply getting together a couple of people to go to this march with pamphlets or brochures about the environmental and social responsibility amendment. That would be one action you could do. Or with a table with a sign-up sheet, um, a petition that people can sign in support of the social in ESRA. Another um, action. Somebody go downstairs. Another action idea is um, is taking the ESRA, getting a handful of people, and taking the ESRA and going and talking to city a city council member and seeing if they might bring it before the city council for an endorsement. That's something that a chapter can do, but it's also something just a few people could do as a concrete action straight away. Um, so I'm suggesting those because sometimes for people getting to, trying to imagine getting together a big group or building something more than a few people feels overwhelming, but doing a particular action doesn't feel as overwhelming. So that's, um, that's why I'm suggesting those. So there's different focus areas um, in addition to actions, and I'm just going to name those. And right now, I'll name those first. And those are the um, promoting the environmental and social responsibility amendment to the United States Constitution, <clears throat> promoting the domestic and global Marshall Plan, um, creating a professional task force, and I'll say a little bit more of each of these in a couple minutes, um, working on um, issues around embracing Israel-Palestine, um, and then bringing the visions of a new bottom line to social change organizations. And in the starter guide um, that I will send you all, I go into much greater detail than I will do right now, but I just want to mention them to you. <clears throat> so are all of you familiar with the ESRA? Um, I am. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great. Great. So I'm not going to go into great detail about it. Um, one of the things um, is how do we is how do we build you know how do we get some people in our community to come to a meeting? And in the starter guide, I have some ideas about that. I'm going to assume that all of you know how to reach out to people, but obviously tabling at events, um, passing out brochures, going to a church and or a spiritual center or a synagogue or a mosque and talking about the NSP is a great way to get people to learn a little bit about it and see if you can get a core group of people who might be willing to work with you. And then you would work on goals for how to promote the SRA. 
<clears throat> and at the end of the starter guide, I basically have a monthly sheet, I mean, a sheet that you can use to set goals in different areas. Um, and so those goals are, um, I'm just going to pull it up here one second. Um, you know, goals around development of a chapter, what area you're focusing on and what the goals are for that, the outreach, how many people have you outreached to, how have you done that, media, how many letters to the editor, editor op-ed pages, how many endorsements you've gotten from public officials or others, and organizational partners that you've created, and then fundraising. So there's a number of different goals. The way that I've thought about this in the past is to think about the first month, regardless of which focus area you choose, but to think about the first month as a month of building connections and educating people generally about the NSP. And one of the um, documents that I think is really helpful for people to read is um, it's, we call it the Spiritual Covenant. You'll find it on the home page by clicking on the button that says yearning for a better world and how to get there. And it really talks about what is the language of spiritual progressives versus the language of liberals or conservatives. And it's a very helpful document to familiarize yourself and anybody that wants to work on these issues with you because to become versed in this language will help people um, see the difference between those approaches and also feel more inclined to join in the efforts if they traditionally are turned off by liberal approaches or by politics as a whole. I've had a lot of people say, oh, the spiritual progressives, that's the first time I felt like I wanted to get involved. It felt, it felt so non-spiritual. And so they, couldn't, they didn't feel like they could bring their spiritual self to their politics. Um, and so the Network of Spiritual Progressive offers something unique, and learning how to speak to that need is valuable and important to reach more people. <clears throat> so for me, the first month in a chapter for me would be really focusing on <coughs> reaching more people, getting the word out, and connecting with people about um, who, who the spirit, what the Network of Spiritual Progressives is, what your chapter is about, and um, what you'd like them to do and how they could get involved. Um, one second here. This is one other document I'm looking for. Um, it's important in that first month to um, do role plays, and we can do some of those on the call, but to do role plays and to write up some short scripts, talking points, you know, elevator speeches and, and longer about the Network of Spiritual Progressives and the ESRA or the Global Marshall Plan or whatever area it is that you're choosing to focus on. Um, and because our our vision for how to transform society in the world is so um, long-term, I would say out there, if you will, that it's met with much more resistance than a more typical effort to feed a 1,000 people or to get blankets for people who are cold in the winter. It, the results are not nearly as tangible. 
um, and they won't be nearly as tangible immediately. I was just speaking to a friend of mine who lived in Poland um, before the Berlin Wall fell down, and she was involved in student movements there to um, challenge and um, transform communism. And she was saying to me that um, they started talking about how will they measure their success? What would what would tangible measurements of success look like in the, in their underground efforts? And so they were joking that maybe success would look like we distributed this many flyers on the buses that talked about information that the government was what wasn't putting forth in the government controlled press. Um, and they try to see if people could somehow let them know they had received it. And it was kind of a joke because there was really no way to, in any concrete, quantitative way, measure their success And um, at the early stages. And so they decided that they'd measure their success when communism was overthrown, and they never knew if they would actually live to see the day and were quite surprised when the Berlin Wall came down. So it's, this is somewhat similar in the sense that how we measure our success, we have to create tangible measures, and the long-term success are going to be more difficult to measure. So that's why in the um, starter guide I put in ideas, I put in different sections for how you might set goals that would include we're going to try to reach five organizations this month or we're going to try to have one letter to the editor in the newspaper this month or you know much more concrete goals or we're going to meet with a member of city council to talk about the SRA or we're going to meet with this particular religious community to talk about the global Marshall plan or um, so that we can still see tangible measures of growth and success even if we're not seeing substantive systemic changes yet. Um, another thing in that first month is to create in your group a spiritual practice. Um, and that can be taken from the different traditions and practices that group members bring to the table. But I believe it's really important to ground our work in spiritual principles because it will keep us going and it will remind us and keep us connected to what is our highest vision and value. So I think it helps us live and stay in integrity. So I think it's a really good idea in that first month to really set the stage for grounding the work in spiritual practices and principles and to integrate that in the work that you're doing. So the first month to me would largely be focusing on group development and beginning to try to reach out to people outside of the group. Um, but that's, to me, like what the first month of a group would look like. The second month then would really be doing more strategic outreach to educate and spread the word about the Network of Spiritual Progressives and your chapter. And what I was thinking that might look like is letters to the ed editor, articles that you can write in local papers, um, or even in, you know, a lot of um, local spiritual centers and groups have their own local newsletter that they send out. Maybe you could write an article for one of their local newsletters. Tabling and speaking at events, um, going to social 
some churches and synagogues I know have social change committees, social justice or social change committees, so doing a presentation there, um, finding ways to let the community know that you're in the community as a distinct uh, organization working to create systemic change and start to build connections. Um, then for me, the third month is um, expanding upon that, so maybe going to political organizations, activist groups, faith networks, maybe bringing your petition with you to organizations and getting them to sign it, but it, deepening the outreach in the community. And then eventually the next month, and these might, you know, I say one month, it might be two or three months that you're working on these things. Undoubtedly it's going to be ongoing. But at some point to really try to connect with political leaders or if you're working on professional task force with business leaders or professional and workplace leaders to bring the ideas and visions of this work to those who are relevant to it. So if it was the ESRA or the Global Marshall Plan, it would be, potentially city and county council members, if it's working on professional or workplace task, force, workplace task forces, it might be actually going to different workplaces and, and talking to them about how they might transform their workplace. Um, so those are, to me, kind of monthly ideas of how to build um, from you know just starting as a seed, if you will, into creating a, a larger garden. Um, so the second thing that you could promote or focus area would be the Global Marshall Plan. Now, is that something you're also familiar with that you've read a little bit about? Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, these are all on the web. I don't want to repeat information if you're familiar with it. Um, but this is essentially the same ideas of how do you, how do you get information about it out into the community. The Global Marshall Plan has been um, put, introduced as a resolution by Congressman Keith Ellison. So in some ways, it's a little bit easier than the ESRA because you could go and speak with your local Congress member and ask them to sign on to something that already exists. Um, and so it's a little bit, there's something a little bit more tangible and easier about that since somebody's already introduced it. Obviously with the SRA, you could ask a local congressperson to introduce it, and that would be incredible if they did. Um, but the Global Marshall Plan's already introduced. So that's something that would be easier to, um, you know, go towards your political congressperson to see if they might support it. And then the third um, focus area of a group could be working on professional task forces. Now, this is different in the sense that you would really then need to find people in your community, and task for professional task forces don't only have to be local. They can be national. So you could also, if you're wanting to start or work on a professional task force, you can also let me know, and we can let people in the larger NSP outside of your local area know. I think I made it clear in the last call that if you wanted to start a chapter, we could send a letter out to your local community letting them know with your contact information. And I'll also put information in our next newsletter. Um, but the professional task force could go out to 
our entire list and also be in the newsletter. Um, but what we're looking at is having, I call it professional task forces, and I mean to call it professional work task forces, having people in workplaces and professions really begin to look at what does it mean, what would it look like if this particular work environment or this particular profession was grounded in the principles of the new bottom line of love and generosity and social and economic justice and environmental sustainability and peace rather than in the old bottom line of maximizing money and power. How would that transform what we did every day? How would that transform how we engaged with each other every day? Uh, the same friend that I was speaking to um, about Poland is now working for a bank and shared some grief about how impersonal it is and, and how robotic it feels and and how disconnected and lack of humanity it is. And so we started talking about what would it look like in banking to have an environment where um, people treated each other with um, kindness, with um, deep respect, where they people were really valued for the essence of who they were, not for what they can produce or how much they can help somebody else go ahead, where there wasn't such an entrenched sense of competitiveness and looking out for number one. And so what would that look like in any workplace or any profession? What would it look like in a hospital if at the beginning of every shift, everyone who worked in the hospital, everyone from the orderly to the surgeon, came together in a circle and said a blessing or a did a reading or something that really connected them with the sacredness of the work that they're doing, the commitment to caring for the well-being of the patients and each other. What would that look like? And what would it look like if rather than um, working to make sure that the pharmaceutical companies or the hospitals are making the money they needed, that what they were really working for was holistic healing of people and the planet. And so bringing those discussions into communities of people who are working in the same profession as you or in the same workplace as you, and then starting to actually come forth with a manifesto or a document of how what that would look like and how you would make it happen and how you would build... Um, build a movement in your profession or in your workplace to create that transformation. I know uh, there was just an article in the New York Times about why everyone hates to go to work. So I know that so many people are suffering in their workplaces. And in the article, it talked about different needs that a workplace needs to provide. And, and the most important one was people's needs. They called it the, the spiritual needs, people's needs for meaning and purpose, to feel a connection with something greater than themselves to feel like they're doing something that's contributing to others and to the society and that has a greater purpose. So this is what we're trying to do in these task forces, to actually address that crisis in the workplace that people are dealing with every day that makes going to work so unpleasant and so dehumanizing and and energy that people then bring home into their families and then undermines the actual foundation of family life as well. So um, there is, just so you know, 
there is a task force starting for engineers, programmers, and scientists. And if you're interested in knowing about that, um, the person who's heading that up, his name is Joel Masser, and you can email him. His email, I'm just going to find it right here. His email, that's easy, is Joel Masser, J-O-E-L-M-A-S-S-E-R, at hotmail.com. It was also in the last newsletter I sent out, so you might have that information. Um, and there's also a task force that we're putting together for the healthcare profession and one for psychologists. So if you're interested in any of those, um, or if you know of any fabulous people who you think might be interested, please let me know so we can hook people up to get involved. Um, another project is um, the one of embracing, working on issues of Israel and Palestine. This is, um, I think it's really critical before beginning this work that people read Michael, Rabbi Lerner's book called Embracing Israel-Palestine. Um, it has some concrete solutions and maybe even more importantly than the concrete solutions, <coughs> excuse me, it has, it explains psychologically um, some of the underpinnings and challenges that the peace movements and efforts for peace have confronted and why it's so important to deal with the post-traumatic stress disorder of, of the Israelis, the Jews, and the Palestinians um, while acknowledging the power, the the serious power imbalance between those two sides. So um, the first step would definitely be having everyone in the group read that book. And then the next step would be to um, find not me, not me, then somebody else who can do some workshops on empathic communication, on how to communicate about this issue in an, in an empathic, compassionate way. Um, because it's such a difficult topic that it's really, really important that we learn how to communicate and listen compassionately to each other um, about this topic. And it's it's a very challenging topic, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, and, and then to start doing some what I call consciousness-raising sessions, reaching out and helping educate people about about really the psychological issues underpinning and making peace difficult, underpinning the challenges and making peace difficult in the region. Um, the fifth topic or focus area is, um, how to, is about bringing the visions of the new bottom line to social change organizations. And you've probably heard me say this before, um, but I'll say it again because it can't, it probably bears repeating, that Martin Luther King Jr. did not become the icon of social change by giving a famous speech, I have a complaint. And a lot of social change organizations um, respond to problems and, are, and thus articulate what they're trying to do as a complaint or as a reaction to. And what we're trying to do and what we're trying to help social change organizations do is instead of being reactive or articulating complaint, to actually articulate an affirmative, positive, positive vision of the world that they want. And that positive vision is the new bottom line. It's not that social change organizations don't have this in the back of their mind. They do, but they don't articulate it. 
And if they learned to articulate it, they would um, be more successful in their efforts and also would feel more connected with all the other social change organizations. And by building that connection among social change organizations, we would strengthen our efforts and our success. So um, in the starter guide, I go into more details about how you might um, begin to reach social change organizations. The first step is to really familiar, familiarize yourself with and get really comfortable with um, what the new bottom line is and why it is important that social change organizations integrate it and how that will support their work and not just add to their work, which is going to be one of the challenges. And then to call a gathering of folks engaged in social change organizations um, to talk about it, to see um, if they might be willing to integrate the new bottom line and if they might be willing to endorse the ESRA or Global Marshall Plan, depending on the organization. But all of these organizations would be the work of all of these organizations would be deeply helped both by the Global Marshall Plan and by the ESRA. But we need to help them see that. Um, <clears throat> one of the other things, another way you can just start, um, which is more fun, I was just I was just asking a friend of mine, there's so many people so excited about the Super Bowl, and I, I, I'm including my two children, but I don't really get it. And so I was saying, what is it about the Super Bowl and why are people so obsessed about football and what is that energy and how do I capture it for our movement? <laughs> and so she said, um, it was actually very funny, uh, what she said was that um, that it has to do with people having fun and community get-togethers and a sense of breaking down people's defenses and, and making them feel a sense of it, we're working towards something or we're supporting something that matters um, and to make it light and fun and, and in some ways to sneak the deeper purpose and meaning in that context. And so another idea for that um, is to hold a monthly vegetarian potluck honoring your local activists. And so to invite everyone in your community who's engaged in activist, progressive work, social change work, and um, invite them to a potluck and celebrate each other, honor all the work that everyone's doing, um, make it fun, and, you know, start with music or poetry or dancing or prayer or, you know, some way of engaging people in in fun and obviously holding it as an NSP created event so that people know that the NSP is holding it so that there's some connection. And then um, maybe each month give a time for one to make groups to make a presentation of what they're working on and what they hope to accomplish, maybe include practices on how to listen to each other compassionately, um, maybe break into small groups and do some brainstorming giving, um, helping people have ideas about how they might be more successful in their efforts if people want that. But really, really the idea is to make it a fun and light and engaging event for people. And that, you know, maybe that's a way to start creating a chapter because then people feel good about the connection and community that's being built. But that's another idea that we've had that 
might get people engaged. So I'm not going to continue to go through my starter guide. I just want to touch upon those, but I'll just tell you that in it is talks about how to people get people involved. It has sample letters and posters you can put around town. It has an outline of what a meeting might look like with a potential agenda. Um, I go in this starter guide that I think is really important. I go into discussions about leadership and best practices that I think is really worthy of reading. And I'm hoping that on our calls for people who are engaged in chapter work, we can have really rich discussions about leadership and the challenges of leadership. Because I know that in, in the past, one of the challenges of the chapters um, was in sometimes a lack of leadership or challenges a leader or leaders had in keeping the group on task um, for the values or the programs of the NSP, and so they'd get diverged, and that would end up splintering the group. So um, it's really important to make sure that um, you have good, strong leadership. Sometimes democratic groups like the idea of um, no leader and see that that is more democratic, and, and I talk about that in the starter guide, and I actually hold it differently and talk about what a leaderful and a follower for full group looks like and what it means to be a spiritual leader. And sometimes that requires um, drawing boundaries and, and holding the group on task. So that's an important component that I hope you'll look at. So I'm going to stop here. I never want to talk for too long and check in with you all and see if you've got questions or feedback or ideas or anything that's stirring. So please jump in. This is David in Tampa. Mm -hmm. oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead, David. Okay. This is David in Tampa. Um, thank you so much, Kat, for what you mentioned. Um, I think it's extremely wonderful. What I liked a lot was your reference to an empathic communications workshop. Mm -hmm. um, we have many mental health professionals and many social workers already already attuned to these issues, um, but everybody does their own little thing, their own little group. Um, they're kind of protective of, of their vision. The visions overlap, but the membership doesn't. Yeah. And I think the idea of um, like a honoring the activists is something we've never really honored each other, we just work hard. But we've never honored each other, and I think we need that. So thank you for bringing it up. You're so welcome. And and I would encourage you, David, if you, um, on a future call, want to do some role plays around my idea of what it means to have empathic communication and how to bring those into circles, we could certainly do some role plays around that where different people on the call you know, you could explain kind of the dynamic and we could ask people to play different people <laughs> and do some role playing around it and that might might you might find that helpful. Yes. Great. Thank you, David. Craig or Travis, do you wanna have any questions or want to throw anything out there to add to this? No, I just wanted to say that I uh 
already sent you an e- email asking for the st- starter guide, so that should expa- expand on this. It's like if I'm, I'm brand new to this and really by myself, so... Uh, is this Greg talking? Yeah, this is Greg. Okay, okay. No, that's okay. And did I send you the starter guide, or you just sent it to me just now? You just sent me the email? Yeah, I sent you an email uh, d- d- while this call was happening. Okay, great. So, uh, <laughs> okay, perfect. So, so then I can get it, so... Uh, I, I okay. just want to thank you. I have to, I have to take off now, but th- th- thank you and thank everybody for uh, ha- having this call and letting me participate. Thank you so much for being on the call, Greg. I appreciate it. Um, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Travis, do you have any questions or anything you want to add? Well, I'm I'm at a disadvantage because I'm a brand-new resident of the East Tennessee. I, I just moved here from Austin uh, five months ago, and uh, I'm at a disadvantage because I'm, I'm just learning uh, people here. I, it's a real strong place for spiritual activism. Uh, Austin was not, uh, but a lot of people are, who are activists here are spiritually or religiously motivated, so that's a plus. I guess my uh, my sense is that uh, until I get a better grasp of how many NSP members there are in this general area, might be to try to start a study group mm-hmm. because I I don't know how well versed people in this area are with books like The Left Hand of God and the Politics right. of Meaning, and that's how we started out in Austin as we started out with a politics of meaning study group which grew into a Takun community group which grew into a NSP group. Yeah. Over, over yeah. So, yeah, so, and uh, absolutely uh, that's a great way to get started and <clears throat> and sometimes I think, you know, you could start and even do small, some small actions quickly once you get started and people become versed in it. So um sure, sure. That, that requires that's that kind of my sense. Yeah. So, Kat, you're saying the best thing to do is to send you a, maybe a little blurb that you could send out to members in this air, this part of Tennessee. Right. Assuming that there are members in this part of Tennessee. I don't, I don't even know that. Right. And, and I'll send you the starter guide if you send me that blurb because the starter guide also has ideas for how you might reach people that you don't know in the community who who might not be NSP members but might actually be really interested too. Um, yeah. So I'll send you that. And, and, and I'm and actually pretty you. optimistic because uh, I'm amazed at the the uh, range of groups that are of activists that are spiritually motivated here. So wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. And let me just say, this starter guide that I'm sending everyone, you are free to edit what I'm sending. You know, in terms of things you want to post in the community to what fits your community and what you want. So these are. Uh, samples and ideas they're not <laughs> feel free to tweak them as as best serves your needs so they're just uh, like I said samples they're not you have to do it this way at all <laughs> um, but when you send me that when you send me your email Travis I know we've had I think we've exchanged emails before I will mm-hmm. um, also email you the starter guide just so you have it but yes a study group is a fabulous a great way to start so people can get familiar and comfortable with the ideas and vision. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. I forgot to mention that, so I appreciate you bringing that up. 
Yeah, even if it's just, I, I think it, at one point it was mentioned multiple times in the magazine, the idea of, you know, just even having a study group. And this this is a low-level initial thing of having a study group on each issue of Takoon. So. Right. Any any way to get people engaged in talking about the issues is consciousness raising. Yeah. I mean, By the way, the way this we... is off topic, but should I should I have received the latest issue of Takoon by now? Um, it's, I don't, see, I get them earlier. I know that they're in transit. I don't know if they're out yet. If you don't receive it, let's say by next week, um, email Layla at the office. And Layla is spelled out. L-E-L-E-I-L-A at tacoon.org. L-E-L-I-A, okay. (laughs) L-E-I-L-A. L-E-I-L-A, Okay. Yeah, at right. org, and she'll, she'll have a look into it for you. Okay, thanks. Okay, yeah, if you don't get it by, like, next week sometime, just shoot her an email, and she'll respond. Um, All right. I was going to say one other thing um, about the study. Let me think for a minute. The um, Coon Magazine each week. Shoot. Um, I can't remember what it was. Oh well, if I remember, I'll, I'll send you guys an email. But I can't can't remember. I wanted to say something about the mag. You were talking about reading an issue and talking about it and having that be a way to connect people about the visions of the NSP. And and so it was something connected to that. Darn it! Oh well, it'll come back to me, of course, as soon as we hang up. <laughs> um. Any other questions? No, not right now. Thank you. Okay. What I'd like to do, if you'll, if you'll um, grant me one more moment, because I didn't start with a reading, um, unless somebody has one they'd like to, I'd like to just pull up one of my readings. Um, Okay, so this is a Hafiz poem. Um, You've probably heard it before, but it's one that bears repeating, maybe every day. It's called The Sun Never Says. Even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky. I always wonder what it would be like to have that be our world. So that to me is a vision. That nice. to me is a vision of a new bottom line. So, <laughs> thank you, thank you both so much for being on the call tonight. I greatly appreciate it. And yeah, email, me, email me. Email me. I'll read the start yet and try to be in a better, better position to talk next time. So. Okay, great. Just come with your questions, and we'll. we'll and hope you feel better. Thank you. I will. Thanks right. so much. Good night. You're better soon. Good night. Thank you. Good night.